peak shipping season is here. How are supply chains handling things? 3PLs continue to navigate through economic uncertainty. And what challenges will supply chains face in 2023? Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Group Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Signode. Signode is a leading transit packaging provider with a proud tradition of offering a range of innovative and effective products and solutions to customers globally. Signode's brands protect your brands. For more information, visit Signode.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insights into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, while peak holiday shopping season is just getting underway for most consumers, for shippers, peak season has already been going on for a couple of months. So how's the season going so far? And what are the expectations for shippers and carriers for the time between now and the end of the year? To find out, here is Ben with today's guest. Ben? Thanks, Dave. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons to think that this 2022 peak season might be different from past years. Uh, For instance, the peak seems to be spreading out more and more, uh, covering more weeks on the calendar. Um, As one of the uh, prime examples, Amazon uh, launched its second prime day in October, following its usual annual one in July. Uh, And economic conditions, of course, broadly are challenging. Uh, Rising inflation and interest rates, uh, tight labor market, uh, high diesel prices and tight freight capacity all makes things a little tough. Uh, to walk us through how this might affect shippers and carriers, uh, we have our guest this week on the podcast. He's Sean McLeod, who's Senior Vice President of Operations with Coyote Logistics. Sean, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate it. To begin with, um, maybe you can give a quick description of, of how Coyote Logistics uh, fits in to, to the discussion that we're having today. Um, and, uh, and and then I'd love to hear, um, as I was referencing, uh, what might be different about peak season this year from past. Sure. Um, Coyote supports a number of peak season customers, uh, and we really gear up throughout the year, conditioning our carrier network and our employees to participate in any given customer that has a retail peak season that wants us to, to take a stab at. So um, this upcoming season, I think the most obvious note is that we're stepping out of the pandemic. I think for the past two and a half years, volume has been higher due to consumers only being able to order online. With brick and mortar stores and shops having been closed, all consumers were forced to rely on e-commerce to satisfy their peak season purchasing needs. This year, with the world looking a little bit more normal, shippers are relying on more pre-pandemic or historical projections and volume trends to map out what they think their particular peak season will look like. I think if you look at a typical peak, shippers forecast their volume based on the previous few seasons. This year, however, that historical data will likely be skewed given the buying habits that the pandemic saw. Gotcha, yep, and and definitely that boom in e-commerce has been something that we've been covering here on the magazine and probably contributing to ourselves as well as consumers. Uh, so th- that's going to be a lot different. Um, but are, are some of the you know fundamentals uh, also going to be the same as, as what shippers and carriers are accustomed to from past winter seasons? Sure. And I think the the most obvious is volumes elevated. 
uh, it's no secret that consumer demand skyrockets between Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, and customers have to prep their entire supply chains to handle that volume. I think retail peak season shippers will likely or have already executed bids or engage their trusted providers to formulate some sort of plan to support that excess volume. Typically, the pre-planning phases begin early summer, um, but the more realistic forecasts likely don't come to fruition until later in Q3. But shippers and carriers have to be flexible. Uh, we know that transportation doesn't always go as planned. I think everyone on this um, understands that. And it's particularly important during a time period where volume is higher in a condensed window. Uh, so in short, the volatility, the uncertainty, uh, the increased visibility and demand uh, will likely be similar to peaks of the past pre-pandemic. Gotcha. Great points. A lot of this is, is locked in already. Uh, and how about from customers' points of view? What what trends and challenges um, are, are top of mind for customers? Well, anytime you have a condensed window and higher volume, I think customers and, and shippers are going to look at service and they're going to look at rates. Um, that's always top of mind for for a customer. And I think as a consumer, we're conditioned to expect goods at our front door no later than the initial planned delivery date. And I think we have Amazon to thank for that. Um, and during peak season, consumers are particularly sensitive as they're likely trying to receive their orders at or before the holiday. And a lot of activity must occur between the placement of the order and the last mile delivery, and most of which starts at the warehouse. Customers have to navigate the delicate balance of procuring their capacity under budget but making sure that they demand service excellence from their providers. So for the most part, the challenges that carriers and shippers face are similar. For instance, the carrier has to, has to make sure that they bid and price competitively enough to put themselves in a position to participate in a retail peak season, if that's what they desire. Um, and additionally, trucking companies must prepare their network to support that type of peak break freight that the customer requires. A couple questions they likely have to answer. Do they have a 24-7 facility? Are they looking for ad hocs above the plan? Um, are destinations changing based on consumer demand and buying habits? Are there specific certifications that require rail certification or doubles qualification? Um, all of these criteria are important when considering a peak season um, for any retail customer from a carrier perspective. And then switching over to the shipper side, um, they're closer to the network. Workers in the warehouse have to understand which shipments need to be prioritized, what trailer is highest priority. They have to look at transit times. Do they foresee any additional needs above and beyond the committed volume? Um, and can they communicate that in a timely fashion? So shippers and carriers uh, face very similar challenges throughout peak, and they have to work closely together to make sure that it's executed properly. Got it. That cooperation is crucial uh, for handling the, the Amazon effect there that has uh, that affected so many people all across uh, the, the industry here. So how does, uh, just within your own company there, how does Coyote prepare uh, for this kind of peak season pressure? And this is going to sound really cliche, but Coyote really starts planning for peak the moment the previous season ends. And uh, we look at it, there's no better way to make adjustments um, than when everything is fresh and top of mind. Um, so we take a look at the planned volume for a particular customer. Were we as an organization able to meet and, and exceed the expectation based on the results of the prior peak? We look to the customer and specifically the shippers that participated in previous years. 
Were we planning together and set up for a successful peak or was the planning done in silos? It's absolutely paramount that the customer and carrier representation and all shippers involved are in lockstep during the planning, execution, and post-mortem exercises that are conducted. No matter how successful the particular peak season was, there's likely some room for improvement by every participant. Um, so at Coyote, we do the post-peak wrap-ups with our customers um, and an initial look at the next peak in late January and early February once things come to a close and start to slow down. We look at our employee training. In January, we begin to look at our initial staffing needs for the upcoming peak season and identify some of our higher performing uh, future leaders for peak. And we have to remember that these employees come from all areas of the business, and we want to make sure that they, as individuals, felt prepared as possible heading into the, in, an environment um, that they aren't typically used to supporting. So for this, we lean on some of those peak veterans that have done a couple of seasons with us to give us absolutely transparent feedback um, on how the previous preparation cycle was. And then we don't stop at the training. Um, we inquire about equipment. We send people out with hotspots, mobile phones. We check on their accommodations. And then we make sure that the escalation protocols are in place as well. It's important for us as leaders in, in the organization to make sure that we support um, those that go out into the field or are working adjusted hours to support the retail peak season. And then after that, we look at the proper, did we have proper staffing and hours allocated not only to support our own employees, but the customers and carriers in our network um, that needed that support throughout the duration of peak. So with that, then goes through a specific customized in-house training uh, that is applicable to the particular customer um, or business unit that they're supporting during that time period. And then we look over at the carrier side. Did the carriers meet and exceed the expectations that our customers require during peak? We look at their on-time pickup, their on-time delivery. Did they have the proper equipment? Did they meet the transit time? And did they opt into the required method of tracking for the particular customer? And then lastly, we look internally. Did we leverage the right groups uh, to provide the temporary support. I know we mentioned it earlier, but volumes are elevated, so it takes an entire organization to come together um, to support from an employee perspective. And now it's important to support the specific individual peak customers in our portfolio, but we have to remain diligent um, that our legacy customers and our legacy carriers don't suffer as a result of pulling people away. So we look at the, the balance that we do um, each peak, and we make sure that we're pulling from the right areas of the business um, so that it doesn't upset legacy customers that might not necessarily feel that that peak season surge. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, interesting points there. The, uh, the, the incremental improvements uh, that everybody can make and that idea of doing a post-mortem so, so we learn from just uh, what just happens. Uh, it seems, seems like a really good ways to move forward. Um, and just to wrap up here, uh, Sean, I, would, I wanted to ask uh, if there are any quick takeaways that we can offer um, for what best practices that shippers and carriers can leverage um, as they're heading into this peak right now? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I think uh, first and foremost, communication is absolutely paramount. And I think it's never too early to open the lines of communication from shipper to carrier and vice versa. Peak season success is predicated on being proactive. And the second an organization finds themselves in a reactive environment, the on-time metrics will likely suffer as a result. So communicating early, communicating often, and I know all of us in the transportation industry recognize that bad news does not get better with age. Um, I'd also suggest planning early. If you're a customer, shippers are prepared to handle the anticipated volume with a buffer for maybe any additional orders that exceed the projections. Make sure you have ad hoc contingency plans. 
um, if demand exceeds the expectation. The last thing a shipper or customer would like to do is to go to market when they're up against a time crunch and they have no coverage for a particular shipment. So lean on the trusted partners, know their capabilities, and know what they're able to handle above and beyond their initial commitments. And then for carriers, lastly, I think be realistic with your capabilities. It does nobody any good to overpromise, and carriers do not want to commit to volume that they can't handle or oversell their capabilities. So in any peak network, one of the worst things that can happen is that a critical shipment gets left on a dock because there was no coverage available to support. And, and I'd just like to add one little note in here. Um, you know, often as, as brokers or, or carriers in, or excuse me, or shippers in the industry, um, we don't get an opportunity to engage directly with our drivers. Um, and, and we realize that the drivers have a ton of windshield time, rarely have human interaction other than when they arrive at a shipper or a destination facility. And I think peak is the perfect time, especially for those that are on site, to go above and beyond, have a conversation, ask drivers about their day, their lives. It might not seem like a big deal to many of us that are, are sitting behind those computer screens now, um, but I think it, it'll likely go a long way for drivers in the industry um, to have an opportunity to have an additional conversation and socialize a little bit um, outside of their long haul, typical environment. So I think that that's just one note I wanted to add. Um, just go above and beyond. It's the holiday season. Some of these carriers might have a little bit more human interaction with, with reps that are on site or, or those that are talking on the phone. So just take a moment to have a conversation and thank them for what they do because it's critical to our, to our uh, nation. That, that's a great note to end on. Yep, I, I think we can all uh, reach out and do a little more practice on that. Um, Sean, we really appreciate your sharing some time with us today and, uh, and, and uh, letting us know about some of the lessons that you've learned here. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, great. We, our guest this week has been Sean McLeod, uh, Senior Vice President of Operations at Coyote Logistics. Uh, back to you, Dave. Thank you, Sean and Ben. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. And Victoria, you reported this week on some of the other supply chain challenges that we continue to face and the prospects for 2023. What can you tell us? Sure. A little bit about that, Dave. So the pandemic-induced supply chain challenges we've been experiencing for the past few years are not over yet. And that's according to an SAP survey of 400 senior-level decision-makers at U.S. Uh, companies. Uh, the global software company reported this week that more than half of the survey respondents said their supply chains still need, quote, much improvement, and nearly half said they expect supply chain disruptions and other challenges to last through the end of this year. Uh, what's more, a third of uh, those respondents said they expect the issues to linger into the summer of 2023. So as you say, uh, we're looking at uh, these conditions for a little bit longer. Respondents listed three primary reasons for all of this. The first was global political unrest, nearly 60% said that, a lack of raw materials, that was 44%, and rising fuel and energy costs, just around 40% uh, said that. About a third of respondents cited inflation as a major contributor to the challenges, so that's a factor as well. Looking ahead, those issues shift a bit in 2023. The respondents cited uh, the reduced availability of raw materials in the United States as a prime challenge, a slowdown in construction of new homes and disruption to public, uh, public transportation due to a lack of drivers. Those are all key reasons they say the economic and supply chain challenges, challenges may linger. Making matters worse, uh, many supply chain leaders say the recent um, problems have had a negative effect on their company's finances. Nearly 60% said they've seen a decrease in revenue. 
54% said they've had to take new financing measures, including business loans. Half said they've been unable to pay employees, at least at some point. And 42% said they've missed rental payments. To cover the extra costs, business leaders say they've had to freeze wages or freeze their recruitment efforts and also cut jobs. Just over 40% said they have increased their product or service prices to cover those costs. Yeah, well, conditions certainly continue to be a challenge. How will this affect the peak shipping season that we just talked about? Yeah, yeah, right. We just heard a lot about that. Well, SAP's researcher said it's still unclear how all that will play out, but there will be an impact, especially following last year's ultra-busy peak when supply chains were really stretched to their limits. A separate SAP study of 1,000 U.S.-based consumers earlier this year found that nearly half of them said price is the top factor they weigh in purchasing decisions, and nearly three-quarters listed price as a top three factor in that process. 65% of the respondents said they plan to decrease their holiday spending budget as a result, and 54% said they expect inflation to impact how they shop for holiday gifts, with 39% saying they will shop online more. So anticipating those trends, business leaders say they expect e-commerce volumes to increase this season compared to last year, as we heard earlier. And they're also, they're prepared to focus on really six strategies for selling their products in light of all this. The first is speed of delivery, then customer service excellence, product availability, sustainability, price reductions, and made in the USA status. Many of these strategies have become familiar to us these past few years, especially the focus on delivery and customer service. So we'll have to see how well retailers and shippers meet uh, the challenges this year. Right. Well, hopefully the next few months will be marked with more supply chain successes than misses. Thanks, Victoria. Absolutely. You're welcome. And Ben, you wrote this week about how 3PLs, those of course are third-party logistics providers, are handling their challenges. What are they doing right to increase business and grow their revenues? Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, and, and we've been talking a lot about uh, challenges on on this episode, of course, um, and that comes juxtaposed with the big uh, increase in e-commerce that happened uh, we were talking about with our guests. So at the same time that there are challenges, there's also a, a higher volume of, of, of uh, items to get pushed through the supply chain there. Uh, 3PLs play a critical role in that, of course. Um, it, they have benefited, in fact, over the last couple of years from the extra business. We saw a study from Extensive, that's an omni-channel software vendor. They were formerly known as 3PL Central. And Extensive surveyed the market and found that uh, 91%, so nearly all 3PLs, grew their order volumes in 2022. Uh, that was up a few percentage points from the past year. And 81%, almost as many, claimed higher profits this year uh, in 2022. Uh, that was also up from the previous year. So not a big surprise there. Um, it, the extensive study uh, did point out something that uh, caught my eye, and that's that some of the 3PLs have an increased specialization in niche sectors. Uh, so the, as one way of counting that, uh, the survey found that 3PL warehouses in the past year served an average of 2.9 industries and that was down from serving an average of 3.5 in the last year. Uh, those findings actually matched up with another source that I read this week. Uh, that was a report from the consulting firm Armstrong & Associates. They had held a, a 3PL Summit conference in Chicago earlier this month. And Armstrong & Associates uh, also found that 3PLs are focusing on niche areas. Uh, they called it targeted services. 
Uh, and that is one way that 3PLs are increasing what's called customer stickiness, uh, so you know, loyalty. Uh, 3PLs customers, of course, are retailers and brands, uh, not the end consumer. Uh, so customers of 3PLs you know, have evolved from wanting basic transportation and warehouse management skills to asking for more strategic relationships. Um, and, and so you know, the 3PLs are delivering that. You know, that their goals are, from the customer's point of view, to reduce costs, increase efficiencies, and reduce business risk, uh, which is one of those challenges that we've been talking a lot about. So you're saying that while 3PLs have had a profitable stretch of time recently, we know that economic conditions may be looking ahead are a bit turbulent right now. Did you learn how they're preparing for 2023? Right, and uh, the turbulent uh, the, the might be a kind term. Uh, I think we're all buckling up. Um, but the survey from Extensive uh, found just what you're describing. Uh, one particular concern is a growing labor shortage. Uh, the survey found that almost half of 3PLs cited that, uh, finding and retaining workers as one of their top business challenges. Uh, and almost eight out of 10 uh, said, as, as the flip side of that coin, that their labor costs had increased uh, in 2022. So to cope with those kind of challenges, 3PLs uh, are investing in new technologies. Uh, they've been, for example, improving connectivity through new integrations between their warehouse management so system, their WMS software, with things like EDI and shopping carts and marketplaces. Uh, looking into next year, they also plan on implementing additional functionalities like billing and invoicing and mobile barcode scanning. Uh, but, you know, we shouldn't feel too concerned about 3PL's prospects um, because a lot of them are backed by investors with really deep pockets. Armstrong and Associates uh, said from its conference that there were 25 3PL merger or acquisition transactions in the past year with a purchase price over $100 million. Um, and there were, uh, that, that was in 2021, and there were 14 such deals through the first half of 2022. Uh, so going strong. Um, in the latter half of 2022, private equity deal volume has cooled down a little bit uh, due to the reasons that we've been referencing, uh, interest rates, inflation, uh, political risk, overseas, uh, general economic uncertainty. But Armstrong said that 3PLs are still continuing to go through that kind of acquisition. Uh, and some of those investors are still looking for takeover targets, uh, particularly uh, to circle back to a theme that we we're talking about, about those specialized 3PLs. Uh, so that's another way that they uh, seem to be focusing on some of the challenges that we all see coming up in the forecast. So for the most part, it looks like things are fairly healthy for 3PLs. Let's hope that continues going forward. Thanks, Ben. Glad to. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. And check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. And again, our thanks to Sean McLeod of Coyote Logistics for being our guest. We welcome your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters at your favorite podcast platform. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. And speaking of subscribing, check out our sister podcast series, Supply Chain in the Fast Lane. It's co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. Our new episodes for that podcast are released each Tuesday, and they focus on attracting and retaining labor in our current series. So subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcast. 
And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Signode. Signode is a leading transit packaging provider with a proud tradition of offering a range of innovative and effective products and solutions to customers globally. Signode's brands protect your brands. For more information, visit Signode.com. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters when we'll look at how inflation is affecting supply chain planning. Be sure to join us. Until then, have a great week.